You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, welcome back to the Oz Network for another new movie review, as we're here to talk about objects <laughs> and heists. Two of your favorite things. <laughs> uh, we're here to you talk about... so tense the whole movie. O- Oceans 8, <laughs> a.k.a. Oceans 4, um, a.k.a. New Oceans 1. Uh, this is clearly going to be the number one movie this weekend, so uh, we're out here in probably our quickest timing ever, at least with episodes that include Jamie, um, because this movie's still in theaters as we're reviewing a new movie. Uh, let's get right into it. My name is Colin, but uh, this episode will re-air in 17 years, as I will be played by Helen Bottom Carter and named Colleen. And my name is Jamie, and you can call me No Ball, because I have no balls. <laughs> You asked me if I wanted to know your opening line beforehand, and now I'm wishing I had. <laughs> All right, so Ocean's Eight, um, the eleven-year-in-the-making follow-up to Ocean's Thirteen. Not that the movie's been in development for that long, but just that's how long it's been since the Ocean series ended in 2007. Uh, first, before we even get into this movie, you have very little recollection of the original Ocean's movies. So, just as an experiment here. Tell me everything, just quick fire, everything that you know or remember about the original Oceans movies in 15 seconds. Go. It had uh, George Clooney and Matt Demon and... Matt Demon, okay. <laughs> Let's... I'm not taking this Damon, off your time. Continue. Damon and... Um, uh, Damon. And uh, yeah, it was about heists and making money. <laughs> yeah. Did they take the shirt off? I can't remember. I don't remember. Um, this this was a really cool movie. It was like total Ocean's like, Eight, right? It was total like girl night. Like I loved it. It was like it was, girl power. Everybody ignores us. Let's let's kick them on the balls. I don't think the movie ever tried to make that point. In fact, kind of the opposite. It just presented it as a heist movie. It was but, great. No, that I was. I'm power, actually power, praising power it. Power to the female. I'm praising it for that reason because when you have these, you know. Um, female reboots or whatever it ends up becoming like a big discussion of oh we don't need an all-female reboot of this and like the ghostbusters well in some cases i understand it like i'm not going to say you don't need an all-female reboot of ghostbusters but i will mention things about that throughout here but the problem was is that that became so much of oh we got to make this a woman's version of ghostbusters instead of just saying let's make a ghostbusters movie that star women if ghostbusters is a profitable enough property to justify making an all-female reboot of, then you don't need to sell women on Ghostbusters. So why you have to go out of your way to make it an overly, you know, uh, uh, feminine take on Ghostbusters? I agree with you. This and this felt more natural. This, it, it was completely. Other than one line in the movie in which they're trying to come up with uh, who else can we add to this crew? And Kate Blanchett suggests a guy, and Sandra Bullock's like, no, no guys on this one. Can, this I, can, be all can I just say though, too, when you're talking about them, that I actually really do believe a hundred thousand percent that these two people are related. Kate Blanchett and uh, Sandra Bullock. They are. They're not supposed to be related. Yeah, they're sisters. No, they're not. They're not. No. <laughs> no, are you? Well, I don't know how you got that because they look nothing alike. They act nothing alike in this movie. Are they? Just uh, supposed they have to be different good names. Yeah, they're supposed to be. <laughs> oh, I thought they were sisters the whole time. No. <laughs> oh, never mind. You, you do realize that she's supposed to be the sister of George Clooney, though, right? I knew that. You picked up on that. Yeah. Okay. So who? So who's Kate Blanchett's? related to she's not related to anyone not everybody in this movie is related to somebody oh 
<laughs> well, I, I know that the Asian one's not related to anybody else because nobody else is Asian, and, and Rihanna is... Well, there is, is an Asian character in the original. And Rihanna's black, and then they have an, like an, uh, like a, in, uh, is she Indian lady? Like an East Indian lady? Uh, okay, well, I think she's American, but yes. <laughs> well, no, but I'm saying like... like for, for Ethnicity, yeah. Ethnicity. And so they have a, a wide cast or whatever, but yeah. I... I <laughs> Did you honestly think this movie was supposed to be that all eight of these women are related to somebody from the original movie? Oh, no. No. You did, didn't you? And Anne Hathaway, I know she's not related just because obviously, like, I don't know. She's, like, looks Too completely pale. different. There is nobody as pale as her. She's, she's, like, albino white with huge doe eyes. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> let's get back on track here. All right, so unlike what Jamie thought, not all these characters are related to characters from the original. Only Sandra Bullock's. Uh, which is another thing I actually did like about well, this movie. No, no, no. I'm, I'm going to tell you. Okay, okay. You're frustrating me now. I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated because <laughs> because the movie is misleading. Then because it's not misleading. They, no point did they say they're sisters? Because I don't want to spoil anything. But she's in jail, and then the well, that's uh, in the trailer. The officer is like, you know, is this in your blood? And she's like, no. No, da, 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 whatever. And then it, the next scene is like her getting out of jail, and somebody else, this woman who's like watering down booze or whatever, and she's a criminal. That's Kate Blanchett. Yeah, okay. So that's why I think she's her sister right. because she's no. a criminal, and it's so, right yeah. after the last scene. Yeah, you, you missed. It's not right after because there's one scene in between. What, what you're basically talking about is the opening of the scene, which is in most of it's in the trailer where she's trying to get paroled, and she's like, you know. Uh, I, you know, I, they're like, oh, is is being a criminal just in your blood because your father and your brother, you know, George Clooney from the first one? And she goes, no, you know, I uh, associated with the wrong people and they got me into trouble. She says, you know, this isn't what I ever wanted. Um, so you're you were implying that because that she she was being honest. Then you miss the following scene when she's being let out and she immediately tells another guard or something like that. Hey, they bought my whole story. I'm out of here now. And she's clearly running cons even with this guard inside the prison. Or you miss the following scene where as soon as she gets out of prison, she's already shoplifting and conning her way into no, hotels. I, and I stuff. saw that. But you... you was, <laughs> No, that she was putting on a show to get parole. That was oh, that okay. scene. So okay. that's how the movie starts, everybody. That's close. We'll get to spoilers in here. Um, but anyway, so one of the other things I liked, going back to my point, was that... Uh, Yes, they go out of their way to say this is the sister of George Clooney's character from the original. That's basically where the, the ties end. There are two other cameos throughout the course of this movie. Newsflash, everybody, Matt Damon's not one of them. So if you went in like I did, as they've been highly publicizing for months, Matt Damon's going to be the one to make a cameo in these movies. He has a small role in this. He's got, you know, uh, one or two scenes or whatever. All of the scenes are cut. He's not even in this movie. But there are two other members that if you are familiar enough with the other Oceans movies. But did you look on the credits to see if his name yes. was on there? It's not on there. So, in fact, I even looked up today to say, see that they did say, yes, we cut his scene yesterday. Oh. Yeah, but we just didn't get the heads up on that. So don't go in expecting Matt Damon. Not that I expect him a big role anyways. But Why do you think that is? That he didn't want to pay him any money? Well, they would have paid him when he showed up to work. I mean, <laughs> it's not like an actor says, I'm going to go out there and spend three months filming... It's not like if Kate Blanchett said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to charge you $10 million to film for three months on Ocean's 8. And then they say, you know what? We're going to cut all your scenes. You don't get paid a dime. <laughs> you still worked. Okay. <laughs> your knowledge of the film business is extraordinary. Mm -hmm. Anyways, so uh, the only real tie is just that and two characters that pop up for kind of cameos. 
Uh, other than that, it has nothing to do with it. But one complaint I had is that I feel like they had to keep driving in George Clooney being her brother, which because he, she's never mentioned the original movies, I don't think they even mentioned him having a sister. I think they might have mentioned his father at some point, but she seems to have a lot of knowledge on everything he did, even during the timeline of the Ocean's movies. And then there's points where she's got like a pic. The only thing she has is a picture of George Clooney, you know, in her, her room or whatever, her brother. It's like they clearly weren't that tight. So you do have to suspend a little disbelief as far as the relationship goes. But other than that, this is just an Ocean's movie. It's it's got the same feel. It's got the same you know retro vibe. Steven Soderbergh did it better than Gary Ross, but it's got a the same more, type of a lot more hot chicks. Yeah, because the original movie had Julia Roberts, you and you know like what Julia a fan Roberts? I am of hers. No, I don't like Julia Roberts. I will have you know that there's some guys that really like her. Yeah, uh, I'm sure there are Jamie, <laughs> but anyways, um, so we got this whole cast here. And everybody basically, I, I could tell as soon as they cast this movie, like long before the trailer even came out, that this was going to be, uh, they were casting to type of the original movie. It wasn't just, we're going to make an Oceans type of movie. What are you doing? And what is that very noisy thing you're playing with? I'm getting some gum because I have cheese bread breath. Ugh. Okay, so now we're hearing you quietly take out your gum and now we're going to be hearing for the next five minutes no i'll use some lip chop so that i'm lubricated and smooth <laughs> that lubricates your tongue and your gums and your teeth no my mouth because <laughs> do make, you chew with your lips because i make big smacking sounds with my lips. Oh. <laughs> because i got big lips this is how you can tell we don't cut anything from these episodes <laughs> anyways i could tell right away that they were casting type when they said Sandra Bullock's going to be playing the lead, which is George Clooney's sister. They said, the movie's also going to have Kate Blanchett. I'm like, well, Kate Blanchett's going to be playing the Brad Pitt role. Uh, and she totally does in this movie. Like, they, they have little details in here. Like, if you remember the original Ocean's movies, which you probably didn't, because you remember two actors being in the first Ocean's movie, George Clooney and Matt Demon. So I'm I know sorry, you weren't familiar with Brad... Since I watched those. I know you weren't familiar with Brad Pitt being in it. Um, but Matt Demon, he was. But... <laughs> The the second in command character, who kind of is the one that actually pulls everybody together, has the contacts, uh, kind of has the the business on the side, the semi legit business on the side, very much like Brad Pitt's character. Even now, the details that Brad Pitt's character, they even go out of their way to say he dresses like a seventies gigolo in the Ocean's movies, and Kate Blanchett dresses like a seventies like glamour that, girl or like that glittery. Uh... Uh, 70s flare pantsuit that she has. Yeah, and even throughout the movie, like her clothes all look like something out of the late 70s, early 80s. So they definitely were like consciously trying to to go to type here. Um, we should just say that the comparisons don't end there. So Anne Hathaway, uh, first of all, Sandra Bullock in this movie is playing George Clooney. This movie stars Sandra Bullock as George Clooney, Kate Blanchett as Brad Pitt, Anne Hathaway as Andy Garcia, uh, Sarah Paulson as Matt Damon, Aquafina as Bernie Mac, <laughs> and Richard Armitage as Julia Roberts, and James Corden as Catherine Zeta-Jones. So the majority of this cast are all playing extremely similar characters to the original. But this movie, this is where you know you'll have no real input. This doesn't feel like a knockoff. It is kind of its own movie. All the movies are just sort of the same. It's just the heist is different. But it doesn't just feel like oh we're just completely remaking it. One of the mistakes Ghostbusters did. But, uh, uh, I don't know, give your input here based on whatever little uh, memory you have of the original Oceans movies and this. Do you think it ties together well? 
I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I remember absolutely nothing except what I told you earlier. So I don't remember. <laughs> George anything. Clooney and Matt Demon. So I don't remember anything of the story, but I really enjoyed this movie. So that's all that I can say. All right. So episode's over. Episode's uh. done. <laughs> See you later, folks. Okay. So let's talk about some of the things you did like about the movie. Run them down. Quick fire again. I really like the... Um, one thing that really stood out was I really liked the characters. Um, I felt like they were all different. And... Um, and they were funny, but also unique and memorable. Because sometimes you watch movies and um, sometimes there'll be so many characters that... some Sometimes there'll be so many characters that um, they kind of all get lost in the shuffle and you don't really care uh, about who they are. And this one actually liked everybody and I can remember everybody. I, yeah, I, I, I actually don't remember the... Uh, I don't remember some of the names, but I, I remember them. Okay, but I'm going to have a different argument here because here's my complaint about this movie. Uh, and it's not a huge complaint. It doesn't hurt the movie that much. Outside of Sandra Bullock and Kate Blanche's characters in this, who really has anything to do? They all have their moments, but if we're being perfectly honest, the majority of these other six characters, what you see in the trailer is exactly what they do in the movie and nothing more. I liked that Nine Ball had... Uh... Her hacking things, though, and she seemed like she really didn't care. Yeah, well, that's Rihanna's character. But again, what I'm getting at is that what we see in the trailer is basically all there is to it. She doesn't have any type of story arc. We don't see anything new from her that we don't see in the trailers. I don't think in the trailer you saw that really hot red dress where her boobies are popping out. I'm sure I found it on Google somewhere. I'm sure I found it on Google somewhere. Uh Um, Uh-huh. On one of your hot Pinterest boards? My alternate opening line was, I got a Pinterest board too, Jamie. <laughs> I do have a Pinterest board. But, it's called Man Candy. Right. Anyways. Um, do you want to know who's on it? Nobody know who's on nobody it. It's from Henry this, Cavill. Nobody from this movie, folks. It's Henry Cavill. It's Tom Cruise. It's Keanu Reeves. It's Chris Evans. Chris Pine. Chris Hemsworth. Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. Keanu Reeves is like my number one though. Anybody who's yeah. listening, he's my you know, number one. Here we have an all female heist movie, and Jamie's still finding a way to talk about Keanu Reeves, Chris Pratt, Chris Pine, Henry Cavill, so on, so on. Amazing. This is my point though, and if you saw something different, let me know. If we run through the characters here, these are all the characters in the movie. And th- again, this isn't a major complaint. I'm not knocking the movie too much, but there are some problems with this movie. Sandra Bullock's character. Arguably, I would say probably the least interesting performance in the movie because her character is Emma Quirk and George Clooney's didn't either. But the difference is George Clooney kind of had this this natural charisma that made you more interested. Plus, he had a personal story in the movie, so you were a little bit more invested. That'll be my other complaint, which I'll get to later. Her personal story sucks in this movie. <laughs> um, I can't remember it, so obviously it probably does suck. Kate Blanchett's character, yeah, she she's she's fun. There's probably only two actors I'm going to say in this movie that look like they really were able to have fun in this movie. Kate Blanchett and Anne Hathaway. Kate Blanchett basically has a little bit more to do other than just what you see in the trailers. Because she's sort of the second in command and she butts heads with Sandra Bullock at one point when she finds out there's like an ulterior motive or whatever. Anne Hathaway's character, there's definitely a lot more than you get. It's not just the Andy Garcia character. uh, Because A, she's not really, they're, they're not doing anything malicious against her. Uh, with Andy Garcia's character in the first one, he was both the villain and the object of the heist. Anne Hathaway is just the object of the heist. Probably the most fun character in the movie, I would say. Uh, Mindy Kaling's playing the jewel maker. So we see her making jewelry, 
in the trailer. And then we have that line which says, how long does it take to make a piece of jewelry? She says, four or five hours. It says, how long if you didn't have to live with your mother or whatever? And she just says, less. Outside of that, and one 20-second scene where she's trying to learn how to use Tinder, what does she do in this movie? She's there the whole time, but what does she do that's significant? I don't know. Okay. I was just trying to think about it for a second. I don't know. Then we have Sarah Paulson. So she's playing the Matt Damon character, the straight character in the movie. So she's the housewife who has the very questionable eBay store in her garage. Again, the scene in the trailer where she's introduced, where she just runs off and leaves her kids when she finds out how much money she can make. She brings in a couple of things, like gets them some equipment. What does she do in this movie? Okay, but... With her, though, I actually did find it kind of entertaining. I don't know, maybe that's because, like, I'm a mom, but I loved it when she was talking to her kids and uh, mm-hmm. she was, like, uh, explaining what this new job is type of thing. And yeah, that's but that's in the trailer, basically. Is it? Yeah. I didn't see it in the trailer. <laughs> so I then we have... Li- I think you're lying. The horribly named Aquafina, who you remember from the Pitch Perfect movies, which you like and I hate. Uh, so she's the Bernie Mac character. Was that actually her name in the movie? No, that's her name. That's I mean, it's a stage name, but that is her name. Oh, Constance. Yeah, that's the character's name, but the actress's name, Aquafina. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she's got a lot to do in this movie. She probably has more dialogue than most of the other ones. She's one of the ones that's amusing to hang on the background, but nothing in the movie. And there are characters in the original Ocean's movie like this, like Casey Affleck and Scott Kahn. They were background characters, but... So far, we're basically at nobody other than the main two who has anything significant to do, and maybe Anne Hathaway. Rihanna, she's a hacker in the movie. She's Rihanna. That's the selling point. <laughs> oh, you guys should see the smile on his face. No, but my point is... Didn't you say that I was like the greatest wife ever because I took you to this movie? <laughs> no, you said, hey, we're going to go out for a date night. I'm like, to do what? I'm like, Ocean's 8. I'm like, all right, let me get this. You're taking your husband out to go watch Rihanna on a big screen for two hours. And you're like, yes. I'm like, that makes you the best wife ever. That's right. But in this movie, and again, I like, I don't dislike any of these people. And I agree, they're all funny. But what significance do they have outside of just being a fun character that mostly gets spoiled in their introductions? She doesn't do anything. Most of the hacking she does is sort of behind the scenes. And it's like, blink and you miss it. Helena Bottom Carter, okay, she's playing Helen Bottom Carter here. She's being really bizarre, really loopy. She's really a, crazy. She's kind of always the same. Always the same, yeah. It kind of works but, for her, though. But but the other problem I'm going to have is that a lot of the characters introduced don't have sequel potential. Yeah, she's good in this movie, but she has no like her character doesn't go anywhere. I feel like that's one character that should have had more because she's brought in from the outside. She's not a criminal like all these others. And, and like with Anne Hathaway, she's not a criminal like the other ones, but she's the object of the heist, right? Yeah. <laughs> Let's not give away the extra stuff that happens in this movie, Jamie. Spoiler free. Yes. Uh, I, I literally was doing a don't say it because there are a couple of good surprises in this movie that happen. But uh, uh, anyways, so Helen Bottom Carter's character, she's she's brought in as like an ex because she's the person they're going to use to get to Anne Hathaway's character. Yeah. So she's not a criminal. She's not like a regular member of the crew. They could have done a lot more to really build a story. Why would she be doing this? Why would she be getting into a life of crime and all that? Well, and the lady who's the the jewelry person, is she, was she a criminal? I no, guess. she was just a jewelry maker. And that's, that's my other thing, is that as far as sequel potential, when you look at the original Oceans, you could easily bring all those characters back because they all were basically criminals except for the one guy who's the acrobat. Um, in this movie, two of your lead characters, possibly three of them, 
have no sequel potential because they're brought in because one is a fashion designer and we need a fashion designer just for this. One's a jewelry maker. We're going to need a jewelry maker for this. Unless every single Ocean's 8 sequel is going to feature jewelry making and fashion, where do you go from here? And that's why I think maybe give those characters something a little more. It's just in a movie that's basically the same running time, if not a little bit longer than a couple of the other Ocean's movies... I really feel like they could have done a little bit more with these characters. And and other problem is that because there's not a lot for everybody to do here, and again, it's the same with the other Oceans movies, but I don't feel like this cast had a lot of chemistry. There's good chemistry between certain people, but it didn't have like what the original Oceans movie had, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, be- partly because nobody really gets to play off of each other more than just for a 20-second scene here and there. Like, the original Oceans movies, they're very clear in pairing these characters up. We're going to put Casey Affleck and Scott Kahn together, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to have a lot of time with Matt Damon, with um, uh, George Clooney and Brad Pitt. So you got more of that rapport. And this movie lacks a little bit of that. Yeah. No, I can definitely see what you're saying with that there. But I found, though, that the setup for everything, that it was very intelligent the way that they put it together though because there's a lot of twists and turns that I didn't necessarily actually see coming uh, and I, the, I, don't, yeah, I don't want to spoil there are. them well we won't but that's that's an Oceans movie and that's one of the things I said in the beginning they did really well is this feels like an Oceans movie it's not just as cut and dry as this is the heist like even Oceans 12 which is by far the worst Oceans movie like by far the worst Oceans movie still not a terrible movie but by far the worst one there's some nice surprise in there. that's kind of the whole point of these like the first Oceans movie wasn't even with George Clooney. Like, this is a remake of a Frank Sinatra movie from the 60s. that had, like, Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin and Sammy Davis Jr. It was, like, a Rat Pack movie. And that movie, although the movie itself I don't think is better than, like, the Steven Soderbergh ones or this, uh, the ending of that was, like, that's got to be one of the best twists I've ever seen. And it was made in, like, the early 60s. So these movies have always kind of been based on let's really surprise the audience at the end. And this does have that. And I, I totally... Uh, thought at some point that there would be more references to the other movies, mm-hmm. but I mean, I mean, and I had to kind of ask you because, again, I don't remember anything, but it didn't really seem like there was that many references. No, like with uh, people that you see that are in the other ones, there's not that many. Because mm-hmm. this can stand on its own, and it's not a remake reboot, and that's the other problem with the, the Ghostbusters movie had. I think it would have been completely fine to make an all-female Ghostbusters movie if you just made it in the same universe as the original. And that was one of the first things I heard when they announced that all-female Ghostbusters movie was that, oh, well, are they going to be making this a, a sequel, a reboot? And the thought was they, at the time, were talking about doing that Ghostbusters 3 that was long talked about or the reboot of Ghostbusters. But they were always saying this is all going to be in the original universe. I think that all-female Ghostbusters movies missed the boat by not making it take place 30 years after the original maybe throw in one or two cameos of original characters and just tie it in. Instead, it was like 75% the exact same movie as the original, just stripping all of the logic and common sense out of it. Yeah. And it had so many plot holes. Let me just get this complaint out there because who knows if we're able to talk about the, the Ghostbusters reboot. They spend half the movie trying to figure out how to catch a ghost. And then as soon as that happens, out of nowhere, they spend the other half of the movie shooting ghosts that disintegrate into thin air. Like, at what point did they acquire the power to kill ghosts? <laughs> it made no sense. No, I didn't. I don't know. 
Just... Yeah, that movie was a complete mess. And some people say, well, it was funny or whatever, but, but the movie was a mess. And the, that's not what it should be. This stands on its own because they said, we're not going to just remake the original. Yeah. This is a, it's, it's, it's an offshoot. I wouldn't even like to call it a spinoff. It's like an offshoot. It's something of its own. It's, it's got a little bit of the original in there, but it still feels exactly like the original movie. And like Gary Ross, who directed this, you'd know some of the other movies he'd made. And if I told you the other movies this guy'd made, you'd be like, I can't believe that this guy brought this kind of like retro Steven Soderbergh style here because this is the guy who made Pleasantville, Seabiscuit, and Hunger Games. Like the first Hunger Games. Hmm. And here he just expertly imitates Soderbergh's style, not so much where it's like he's imitating, but it has like those, a lot of split screenshots. The music is the same. Yeah. The feel of it's like very I 60s. thought it was actually the same director, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, Steven Soderbergh still is a producer on this, but uh, other than that, he had no involvement. And Gary Ross uh, co wrote this movie too. And like, I, I just got to give him total credit because it still feels like it's his movie, but it feels like it fits in with the others. They, they weren't trying to remake it or reboot it or anything like that. What's next to talk about with it, Colin? <laughs> You're the one who's leading this. I don't know what to talk about. Because you've I, forgotten the movie 12 no, hours no, no. later. <clears throat> Listen, I haven't forgotten the movie, but what I'm struggling with right now is I'm struggling with trying to think of something that I can say where I'm not giving stuff away. Because okay, so. this is the type of movie where there's so many twists and turns, so if you talk about something, you're going to spoil it for someone. Alright, so let's talk about my other complaint here, okay? The villain of this movie. Now, as I said, Anne Hathaway's playing the Andy Garcia character from the original in that the heist is all about getting to her and using her for something. Um, but she's not the villain. They make the villain of this movie basically what the Julia Roberts character was in the original. So this is uh, the ex of Sandra Bullock's character, the way that Julia Roberts was George Clooney's ex. The difference is, is they do such a poor job with this character mm -hmm. that I at no point looked at him as a villain. And we kind of, especially with Ben and I, with like the Jurassic Park recaps we've been doing and everything, we've kind of developed this reputation of like, the villains in, in certain movies are not villains, and sometimes the heroes actually do worse things. This is a perfect example, because the reason that she's out to get him in this movie is because she was still a criminal before she met him. He got her into bigger types of cons, and then when they got busted one day, he let her take the fall for it. And she's like, I spent five years in prison. Now, first of all, I'm not going to feel sorry for somebody spending five years in prison when they admit they're a criminal. If George Clooney had said, Julia Roberts' character, said, or even let's just say Andy Garcia, Andy Garcia, he worked with me and he let me take the fall and I went to prison for five years. That's a terrible way to make Andy Garcia the villain. Like, if you're going to make somebody a villain, you have to have them do something really bad. And the way that they had Andy Garcia's character really become the villain, then where if you were questioning why he deserved to, you know, have this revenge scheme on him... Uh, at the final moment in Ocean's Eleven, and spoiler for people who haven't seen Ocean's Eleven, when Julia Roberts' character is basically watching on a monitor, this is the way they set it up, and George Clooney just asks him, it's like, do you want your money back, or are you willing to give, you know, Tess up in order to get your money back? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, all right, well, you know, this, this, and this. And she realizes that this guy cares more about his money than her. That makes him somebody where, like, I'm okay with him losing, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars or whatever. Here... They basically say this guy got her into a larger con game 
And instead of going to jail, he let her take the fall. It was only five years. She even has a scene in this movie where she talks about prison's not that bad. <laughs> That's the problem here is that we're supposed to really hate this guy and they do nothing even to develop him as a character. He makes like two appearances. If it wasn't for the fact that I knew who Richard Armitage was because he, this guy played Thor and Oakenshield in The Hobbit, if I didn't know who this guy was, I probably wouldn't recognize him from one scene to the next. Yeah. He's so non-existent here. He doesn't and, really exist in the movie. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and like, just just give me your opinion on this as, as, you know, a female take. Did you feel like this guy deserved what he had coming to him in the end? Um, yes, but I understand what you're saying, that it it doesn't feel as justified as it could. Because she's still a criminal. They're all criminals, and they're saying, well, this guy's a criminal, but he sent me to... He sent one of us to jail. Well, but they're was- actually... Well, he was doing a, even he, more. He was a criminal too. Yeah, that's the thing is that we we shouldn't be like this guy's such a terrible person. <laughs> it's just it, it's such a poor job of developing the real villain of this movie. Which also at the same time, this is one of the reasons why I feel like Sandra Bullock. I'm not going to say she's the weakest in the movie. She's the least entertaining by design because as the leader of the group, you're supposed to be more of a straight character and you're supposed to be cooler and everything. And she has a lot of that, but she's not what George Clooney was in the original because he had that story arc with him trying to get his wife back and the guy he's going after you know is with his wife and is he doing this for revenge is he doing it for money and then he he pulls this big scheme on him and then you really hate Andy Garcia's character they had all that this movie has none of that so there are real problems with how the movie unfolds but at the point where the movie goes in a different direction which we're, we're not talking about what happens after that when you think this movie's wrapped up if it was a typical heist movie it would be here it's like it's an oceans movie. They throw something at you and like I didn't see that coming. It's not the biggest twist ever. But it's enough that it got me interested. But in a way, I wish that they'd introduce it earlier in the movie because it almost feels like this movie ends and then we start watching the first 20 minutes of the sequel. Yeah. No, I I, I know what you mean. It's kind of a a little bit split that way. Mm-hmm. Um I I think it's a pretty smooth transition, but I definitely know what you're talking about. You know, the other thing is that them calling it Ocean's 8 when really it's Ocean's 7. Um, you know, this is something that all the Ocean's movies kind of ran to. I remember when Ocean's 12 came out, I thought, well, they're just going to add a new character and that's going to be the 12th person. But I still, to this day, if I watch Ocean's 12, I can't figure out who the 12th person is. It's like Julia Roberts comes into it for a bit, but they use other people. Ocean's 13 is even more confusing because it's not like they even officially bring other people in. So, I mean, this could have easily been called Ocean 7, I think. Um, but again, minor complaints. That's a complaint for the whole series. Uh, the main cast here, which you know, is basically the eight characters. And then we have the villain, Richard Armitage. And then we have James Corden. Now, I'm just going to put this He's out right cool. now. I'm going to put this out here right now. I'm sorry for anybody who gets offended that, you know, that this movie, which is really good to get, you know, we'll, we'll talk again on, on what type of impact a movie like this could have for having bigger roles for women in movies. It's great to have a movie like this, but I'm sorry. I would say the most entertaining people in this movie go Anne Hathaway, James Corden, then quite a bit lower, Kate Blanchett, Blanchett, everybody else. But I'm going to say Anne Hathaway is like way up here. James Corden's couple notches down, Kate Blanchett's couple notches down from that, and then there's everybody else. Anne Hathaway is so charming. She's so good in this movie. Even when she's like trying to act mean, it's like she's so charming. She's playing like this... Snotty, rich. I wouldn't even call her. Sn- she has these 
moments of being like this snotty, stuck-up movie star celebrity. I don't even know exactly what she's supposed to be because the movie doesn't give her enough character development to, to get it. But yeah, just her personality in this, like, at times you're like, that is such a celebrity thing to do. And then at other times you're like, I kind of like her. And that's sort of the point that she's supposed to be maybe somebody who's not as famous for her movies, but more famous for, like, like a, not that her personality is anything like Jennifer Lawrence, but you take, like, Jennifer Lawrence, right? Uh-huh. Jennifer Lawrence is probably more famous just for who she is outside of her movies than any movie she makes, which is why she makes such terrible movies and people still love her. If, if I was an actress, I would definitely be just like Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, you you are Jennifer Lawrence's spirit animal. It's <laughs> true, it's true. And she's yours. Uh, you basically are the same person <laughs> as far as personalities go. But um, no, no, seriously, like Anna Hathaway blows everybody else in this movie away. And that's kind of surprising because... I find that Anne Hathaway, half the time I think she's great, and half the time I'm like, she just annoys me to no end. You know, like, like there's something that really gets are annoying you, about you, her. Are you talking about this movie or just her in general? In general, I find like when she hosted the Academy Awards, most people criticized James Franco that year, and he definitely was terrible. But like, I thought she was obnoxiously annoying too. And I don't dislike her outside of her movies. I'm just saying she has this personality that's like, it really just needs to hit at the right time and. Even in the movies she's done, like going through her filmography here. Um, I really like her in The Devil Wears Prada. A movie I've never seen, and unless I lose a bet, I probably won't. It's a great movie. Um, by the way, interesting note, I actually was a huge fan of the first big role Anne Hathaway had, and I didn't realize it until 10 years later, which also was the first big role Jesse Eisenberg had that I didn't realize until 10 years later. What? There was a TV show I remember when I was a teenager called Get Real, which was sort of like... A, it was around the time of like Dawson's Creek and everything like that when they were trying to take teen shows and make them more realistic but it was a completely different type of feel to the show it it was a lot of like talking to the camera and uh, it wasn't as melodramatic and it wasn't a soap opera it was just kind of a fun show the show only lasted one season and I thought this show is great and it was cancelled and like 10 years later or not even 10 years later Anne Hathaway starts becoming famous Jesse Eisenberg starts becoming famous I've forgotten the show ever existed and then I look at IMDb, I'm like, they were both in that show. That show's amazing. So, yeah, some of the stuff that she did, uh, I was definitely still a fan of. But going through her filmography, um, definitely not a fan of Princess Diaries. Oh, you're, you're definitely a fan of her as Catwoman, though. I remember Catwoman, that. yeah. Batman, that's oh, good. Oh, you guys should see the smile <laughs> on his face. Uh, Les Mis, I thought she was good in Les Mis for the 15 minutes she's in the movie, you know? Um, that uh, intern movie she was good in. I hated her in that movie. <laughs> I thought she was good. No, I don't like her in comedies. Uh, Interstellar, I thought she was great in what Interstellar. What is this movie? I've never even heard of that. It looks what? weird. Colossal, 2016? No idea. So it looks so weird. No no idea what's over. Intern, yeah, with, with Al- Robert Alice De Niro. Alice in Wonderland. Uh, no. 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 Um, yeah. Hey, what it, about Get Smart? You see that one? Yeah, I didn't care for her in that either. I, in fact, I forgot she was in the movie. Uh, one Day, no. Like... Again, the, she's hit and miss for me. But that's why I was what, surprised. What is this? Is, this? is this Pride and Prejudice type of remake? Becoming Jane? She plays Jane Austen in a movie that's kind of a fictionalized movie as if Jane Austen lived in a type of Jane Austen novel. I should, I should watch yeah, that. Yeah, I recorded it for you on our PVR years ago, and I kept telling you about the movie, and you never watched it. Anyways, back to Anne there's, Hathaway. There's uh, no, not that we're not no, on. There's no other movies that I recognize really here. But... 
outside of Batman Begins, where I thought she was great, I thought that her performance was great in Batman Begins. Yeah, performance, as as, as you stutter, as yeah. you smile. I don't think I've ever uh, seen uh, her uh, in a movie uh, where uh, she was uh, this entertaining. And I don't <laughs> say that it's for physical appearance, because Rihanna's in this movie, and I've said, like, three words on Rihanna in this movie. So, like, literally... Your, your, your body said a lot more and, during the movie. No, oh, come on. The... That is not the way she meant it. I'm. I'm, I'm Every really single time that you came on on screen, you're like, because of well, I okay to give some context. I was holding his. Ar- cut this out of the movie. No, I was. Ho- I was. Ho- I was holding his arm or whatever, but it was because I was. I was freaking freezing. People, I was so cold in movie theater with the AC. But every single time that she came on screen or whatever, your hand literally like <laughs> clenched up and tightened. It's Rihanna, and you, here, if I'm going to say something good on Rihanna in this movie, and I, again, I don't. Is it hard this, for you to say something good? No, <laughs> but I'm just saying something specifically in this movie that I thought was interesting is that <coughs> they almost go out of their way to make her the least glamorous character in this movie. Like she is so unglamorous in this movie until they have the one big reveal, you know, in the, the, the dress, like you were saying, which has a big impact. But stop big, looking the, at me like that. You take big, everything I say the wrong big way. Big impact. Anyways. So, yeah, there's good stuff for everybody in this movie. Like I thought everybody was good. Like, if we run through all these characters, I wouldn't have a bad thing to say about any of them other than the fact that I wish we'd had a little more. Yeah, ten minutes more, more. Ten minutes more of this movie. Ten minutes more? Just ten? I'm just saying for the purpose of the movie. It's amazing you assume everybody else is as superficial as you are. <laughs> I, I just got a mind that's like in the gutter 24-7. Yeah. But the movie itself, I thought, just more character development for everybody and it would have really worked. Plus, the story isn't quite as big or as entertaining as like Ocean's Eleven um, probably not as entertaining as Ocean's 13 maybe slightly better written than Ocean's 13 Ocean's 13 almost was like I don't know like a fan fiction of Ocean's like what if one day one of them got sick and was dying because he lost his will to do business because of a shady businessman and they all got their revenge you know like pretty ridiculous plot in Ocean's 13 but still more entertaining than this overall I put this above Ocean's 12 though at least uh, you can't remember the other Ocean's movie. All you remember was George Clooney and Matt Demon, but we're in the car and you're like, I'm just saying it right now. This movie's better than the originals. I'm like, you don't remember the originals. I told you the same thing about The Hobbit. No, but that's the other thing. I didn't want you to say that because you just lost all credibility. Jamie is like, The Hobbit movies are so much better than Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings movies are so stretched out. I'm like, The Hobbit had a two and a half hour movie out of the last 16 pages of the book. <laughs> Seriously, no. Though they, even if that's the case, they they filled it out where it was actually entertaining and stuff like that. The Lord of the Rings. I'm like, when is something going to happen? Everything happens in that movie. The Hobbit is the movie that nothing happens. I'm honestly convinced you confuse those two franchises. No, The Hobbit is way better. No, it's not. You obviously have why. Why do you think that when you got me my gift for Mother's Day for Nintendo e card, they had Lord of the Rings Lego and then they had Lord of the Rings Hobbit. I downloaded and bought the Hobbit one. I like Bilbo Baggins. Yeah, no, I agree. Bilbo is my favorite character in all of the books, maybe even in the movies. But the movies are so stretched out. There is no substance to any of them. Hobbit is better. No. Along I'm with, just going to say this right now along, just, along just to prove Batman my point. Robin. I didn't want you to say that. Jamie also says Batman and Robin's her favorite Batman and the Phantom Menace is her favorite Star Wars. It's true. Maybe and I are. like both of those movies. They're both fun, but no. That, Anyways, that just shows my personality. I want you to rank the eight characters. Oh, we were just quickly talking about James Corden, right? And then we got sidetracked on how good Anne Hathaway is. It is it James Corden or James Gordon? Corden. 
Corden? Yes. Like, like Corden Avenue in Winnipeg? No, that would be Corridan. This is Corden. Like Corbin with a D. Corden. Yes. Uh, James Corden, outside of Anne Hathaway, best thing in this movie. And he's only in a couple he's, of scenes. He's British, right? Yeah. Did the accent give it away? <laughs> I don't remember what he sounded like. <laughs> you remember this movie well 12 hours later. Isn't he like knighted or something? I don't think James Corden is knighted. Not yet. Well, he was at the royal wedding. Well, everybody was at the royal wedding. George Clooney was at the royal wedding. Oh. Um, so James Corden, I actually knew who he was because I watch a lot of British TV. So I knew who he was before his talk show. Now he's primarily known for his talk show, The Late Late Show, uh, which is after Stephen Colbert's show. Uh, great show, but like, I-, I just love that he's still acting because this guy is so entertaining. And he is different in this movie than you expect. He's not bumbling or anything like that. He's a super confident... He's playing Catherine Zeta-Jones' character from Ocean's 12. He's the super confident uh, agent who's basically out to get them. And I just love him in this movie. But aside from James Corden... Not Cor- Corbin, not Corridan, uh, not Gordon, James Corden. Uh, we're going to go through the eight characters here, and you rank them. You Why tell do you me- do all this ranking stuff? Because... Who, who can put a... You know, honestly, like, uh, number one, who can put as much thought into this or whatever? If you're talking about three or four things, okay, but eight, that's a lot to think about. And number, is that hard for you to and, take and, these four char- these num- eight characters and, and say, two, I like these? Number two, is the audience even going to actually be able to follow and even care about what I'm saying? Probably yes, not. because these are very famous people, if I was, and everybody if knows I was the trailer. If I was doing something like that, I'd be like, hey, I'm going to skip 30 seconds till this chick stops talking. By the way, you said we're going to see Ocean's 8 and I said maybe we could record an episode like that after that and you go yeah sure and then five minutes before we started this is next time can you ask me if we're going to record an yeah, episode don't don't trick me into it again you're just looking to get out of it so our eight ones here right who's your favorite um this should be Anne Hathaway yes yeah. easily the best in here second best uh Kate Blanchett good third best Sandra Bullock I'm going to disagree. Then that Tammy lady. Tammy. So that's Sarah Paulson's character, yeah. Yeah, and Rihanna and uh, Mindy. Kaling. And Aquafina are all pretty even. Did you say Kate, Kate Blanchett? Oh, wait, and yeah, and Helena Bona. Helena? Helena bon- Bonham Cartier. <laughs> Helena Bonham Cartier. Yeah, okay, those are all... James Gordon. Those are... And Matt Demon. (laughs) (laughs) That Richard Armitage guy is, like, totally last. You suck, Richard Armitage. You loved him in The Hobbit, though. He was hot with the long hair. You like him better as a dwarf than you do? Yeah. That's bizarre. He doesn't look as nice with the short hair. Some guys look better I'm, with long hair. I'm going to say Anne Hathaway by far the best Ke- Ke- out Keanu of this. Reeves with like a little... You're still hijacking my episode. Yeah, Keanu Reeves with like a little bit of longer hair. Oh, hello. Come to right. mama. All right. I'm still going to say Anne Hathaway by far the best out of these. Mm-hmm. Kate Blanchett, second. Um, I'm going to go with Sarah Paulson, third. Rihanna, fourth. Helena Bottom Carter, fifth. Um... Who's left here? Mindy Kaling, 6th. Aquafina, 7th. And Sandra Bullock, last. And again, I don't dislike her in this movie, but she is the least entertaining. Shows you how much I paid attention, because I don't know anything you just said. <laughs> I literally just repeated what you did in a different order, and you're already confused. Yep. Uh, Alright, so... let's. Do we have anything else to talk about here? Are we talking about my complaints? Uh, oh, okay, so the significance of this being an all-female movie. Now, 
there's people making arguments on both sides. Oh, we got to have all these movies with all female characters. Um, there's not enough good roles for women. I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think it comes in waves. Uh, to say that like this is the way Hollywood's always been. If we go back to movies from the 30s, and this has always been the thing where I got confused. And again, maybe it's because I watch a lot of older movies. I don't look at it just as modern movies now. I can agree now. It's like there are definitely a lot more roles out there, significant roles for men than there are women. But if you go back to like the 30s, 40s, man, it was probably not fun to be a male movie star. Like everybody's like, oh, Clark Gable, one of the great movie stars of all time. What do you know him from? Gone with the Wind, where he was a supporting character. And who's the, if you were to say who's the big star of Gone with the Wind, people are going to say who? Who? Scarlett O'Hara. Of course. Yeah. That's yet, what I was going to say. If you try to pick who's the biggest male movie star of like the 30s and 40s, Clark Gable is going to be first, and yet he's still secondary in like the biggest movie of all time. Uh, for the most part, if you look at movies from 30s and 40s, like if, if I go back and look at all these movies, or you look on TCM and see what they're airing, the majority of the big roles are female roles. Uh, there was a shift, I think, when blockbusters really took over, you know? So once we got into like the 70s and 80s, the male audience was being targeted with these movies like Jaws and Star Wars and Ghostbusters, which is part of the reason why I think those fans, Star Wars fans, Ghostbusters fans, are still so adamant, well, we don't want an all-female reboot of this, you know? And I think that's fair, like, to just be critical because somebody says... I don't want an all-female reboot of this. If it's something that, like, you really love, you don't want any reboot of it. Why are you smiling? I'm just looking at you. You look very cute. But okay. also, I can't get over the fact that you're, like, almost 40, but yet you... I'm not almost 40! But, but yet... I'm, 30, I'm barely 37! But yet you look like you're, like, 27. Okay, but I'm barely 37. You're, like, almost 40. But you don't even look 30. Okay, so Kate Blanchett is almost 60. <laughs> you're so cute. By your logic. Um, Sorry, I got distracted. I have a cute husband. All right. But back to what I was saying. I like butts as well. I don't... I'm not going to say, like, anybody out there who says they don't want an all-female reboot is like, oh, this sexist, misogynist pig. It's understandable that you don't want a reboot of anything. And especially if it is something like... It, it's. I think, as a man, it's fair to say that, like, Die Hard... That's a movie that helps me identify with being a man. Because it's a masculine movie, you know? Colin's like, I'm a man. No, I know. I'm a huge fan of, like, the, the male action. Sometimes I just want a guy's movie, you know? The same way that sometimes you just want a girl's movie. You just want to watch uh, mean, Devil Wears mean, Prada. Mean Girls. Mean Girls, Devil Wears Prada. Legally if they said, were, and I'm not getting to argue, this isn't about there being more roles or less roles. It's about people getting upset over doing an all-female reboot. Oceans is one of those movies that, like, guys love Oceans. Now, my mom was obsessed with Oceans 11. It was one of her top five favorite movies of Your all time. Your mom really liked George Clooney. She did. She loved... There were three guys that she loved. She loved George Clooney. She loved Eric Bana. Uh, and she loved... Um, oh, who's it? Jimmy Smits. Those are, like, her three guys. I don't know guys. who that last one is. I think you just made him up. No, you know who Jimmy Smits is. He was in the Star Wars movies, for crying out loud. Uh, but... Did he play that pilot... With the funny name? No, he played Princess Leia's played adopted box father. Or something? Box or box or toothpick or something? Tooth box and toothpick from Star Wars. <laughs> oh, there's that guy. He's is in... that from the all female Star Wars reboot? <laughs> no, he's he's in like the new movie, and then it was a big deal that he was in the new movie, or or one of his kids or something was, or his cousin, <laughs> or maybe his name was like Slime or something. I have or, absolutely or... no idea. This is Jimmy Smith or Lamo. 
This is Jimmy Smits. Your mom liked that guy? Yuck. She loved Jimmy Smits. Yuck. Anyways. Talk about... Forget about... Anyway, so my mom loved the Ocean's movie. I'm sure a lot of women love the Ocean's movies as well, but, like, it definitely is one of those movies. Like, sometimes you just... You need to watch something that, like... It's not about being macho. It's like you you just want that masculine movie. That's why I love like Jack Reacher and The Equalizer and John Wick. And I know you love those movies too, but for different reasons. But if they were to do an all-male remake of Mean Girls, are you going to want to watch that? Mean Boys. Are you going to watch Mean Boys if they make it? Um, You see, they've already made that. It's just called RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> no, that's, but that's completely different what I'm talking about. <laughs> But which is also entertaining, but I'm saying it's yeah. literally exactly the same. Yeah, if you've watched a little bit with me and Rossi, but uh, anyways, my point is is that if you turn on Netflix tomorrow and you see Mean Boys, starring Matt Demon, Don Cheadle, John Travolta, yeah, whatever, whoever's in the movie, he, Casey he, Affleck, he hasn't acted in a while, hey? He has. You just don't hear his movies. Let's stay on topic. Sorry, people. Mean Boys Gets Made. Are you going to bother to watch it? No. Are you going to get I, upset that they made a Mean Boys movie? No. And I also don't watch um, sequels and stuff like that that don't have any of the original people like Mean Girls 2. Okay. Wouldn't bother. But my point is, is that I'm completely with you. I don't care if they make an all-female diehard, you know? Or female jo- John Wick. Joan Wick, you know? <laughs> Joan Wick. <laughs> And I like, and some of those movies work. Like Atomic Blonde, I would have loved for that movie to have worked. It didn't. No. Uh, but I wasn't opposed to that. But my point is that there's something that you grew up with, like Die Hard, and they make all female Die Hard movie um, or whatever. Okay, but you have to admit that Red Sparrow was really good. It was terrible. That was the biggest debate we ever had on the show. Was you saying it that you would so buy good. that movie, I and I said it. it's been. I want to buy it. Anyways, back to what I'm saying. It's not unrealistic to say I don't want an all-female reboot of this because it, it's what you grew up on is what you love. At the same time, though, the right reaction should just be with you. I just don't want to watch it. So all these debates out there, where do you fall on? Like do you, Playing it on both sides, an all-female reboot is something that you didn't obviously grow up watching. Ocean's Eleven. Did you go into Ocean's Eight feeling like, They've got an all-female version of Oceans out there. I gotta see this. Or did you go into it just saying, that looks like a good movie? That looks like a good movie. And that's where the marketing for these things doesn't necessarily work. Because the reason Ghostbusters didn't work was because they sold it to try to sell it to Ghostbusters fans. And the fans are just going to want the original. And they're not going to because the Ghostbusters is a total guys movie, just like Oceans is. They're not going to want to go out of their way to watch Something that just is Ghostbusters, but with a completely different cast that doesn't, you know, help you to identify with, like, the, the masculine stuff in that movie and just the way guys are with each other. It's the same thing with Oceans. The reason this movie's going to do well and the reason this movie does work is because they don't make it that female version of Oceans. This is the way to do this going forward. And I think it's great because have you ever seen a cast with eight actresses that are as famous as these eight actresses before? Can you I, think of anything? I haven't. And I was going to say, I also like how for their dinner party thing, they actually had like a whole slew of real celebrities. I don't think I've seen yeah. that many famous people. Well, all the Oceans movies do that too. That's the other fun thing because they have things in Vegas and all that is that you just get all these celebrity cameos. Now, I didn't recognize half the people. Um, I did. 
I'm sure a lot of them are like from America's Next Top Model or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, like that's another thing they do in this. But anyways, final review on this. So this is removing anything about, oh, it needs to be an all-female version or whatever. This is just a good movie as far as I'm concerned. I'm not going to buy it, though. What? Well, I probably will buy it when it comes out because I've got the whole Ocean's Collection, including the Frank Sinatra original. So I'll probably will literally buy this movie darn if it goes right a, you're gonna buy it yeah there's some there's some good performances in this movie yeah i'm sure you good <laughs> good good ogling that you could do in the privateness of your home oh but you make this sound so dirty privacy that's, of your home no that's not what i do <laughs> that's terrible Ooh. no but Ooh. my point is is that this is a fun movie sure it's fun no fun. it's a fun movie i know and i really enjoyed it but I didn't enjoy it as much as Ocean's Eleven. I didn't enjoy it as much as Ocean's Thirteen. I would consider those two buys. I would consider Twelve to have been a binet. This one I'd put kind of in the middle. It's lacking a lot of things. It definitely needs some work. It, I think the sequel, they're going to knock it out of the park. This time, I think it was okay. It was adequate. So I, I liked, would rent it. I liked it. I would buy well, it. Let me guess. You have bought every movie you have reviewed on here except for Atomic Blonde, which I, shows you how bad that was. I will buy you it. You bought Red Sparrow. Your reviews mean nothing anymore. You said The Hobbit's better than Lord of the Rings. It Get is. off my episode. Get out of my house. <laughs> anyway, so we got to buy it and a rent it. Casper's awake. Wrap this and up. The other thing I want to say that's interesting is that I don't think this movie has a target demographic. I think another thing is that this movie appealed to guys because they made it a typical heist movie. Like I said at the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. And I read one person saying, oh, it was really smart of them to make it like about a fashion gala. And gala or gala. Which one is it? Yeah. <laughs> um, they said it was really smart to make it like that because it appeals more to women. I think an Ocean's Eleven movie could have done this exact same thing and it would have been no different. The only thing that makes this movie at all more feminine than the original is that the cast is more appealing to look at from a male perspective and that's it yeah you think so i want to buy it okay <laughs> and i'm on a completely different topic and you're still like well i'm buying this I'm buying your hands it. on your hips yeah anyways oceans eight buy it or rent it buy it. <laughs> depending on I, I definitely want to show you the other oceans movies though because i think if you want to buy this one you're gonna love why oceans do you still 11. have your hands on your hips like i'm that. still being jamie I want to buy this, and I liked Red Sparrow. I'll tickle you. I'll tickle don't, you. Don't, don't, don't. I'll buy it. Okay. <laughs> We've heard that already. Uh, anyways, so other reviews coming out. Jurassic World will be in two weeks. You can do that one with Ben. I am doing it with but Ben. But I am going to go I watch you them are. so I can go ogle. Chris Pratt, right. We yes. know. And yeah. I'm sure Jeff Goldblum, even is an old man. Oh, oh, I forgot he was in that. That too. Yeah. Um, I, so I won't be participating. I'll be there in spirit in the episode. Yeah. So make it really funny. But you can do that with Ben. <laughs> Maybe or we'll record a quick segment with you or something. I don't know. But is, uh, is it going to be rating the guys or rating the the hotness? You do that on every episode we have, which is how you manage to bring up Keanu Reeves, Chris Pratt, Chris Pine, Henry Cavill, Tom Cruise, and everybody else on this episode. You know what? It's just the way that it is. You know what? Some majority of people think that like guys are like dirty it's mostly women that are actually dirty yeah, that's another thing you mentioned on every episode <laughs> it's pretty much true we're all pigs and the older that women get the worse it gets 
Yeah, well, I've witnessed that. Um, it's true. Because my mom had friends, <laughs> and my mom was very vocal. <laughs> she loved Jimmy Smiths, and she loved Eric Bana, and she loved George Clooney. Yep. Uh, and rest in peace, George Clooney, which we should say. <laughs> that's what? not a spoiler for the movie. They give that away, like, the in, in every review out there, every write-up, they all say, George Clooney's character is supposed to be dead here. They spend the whole movie basically telling you, or at least teasing, maybe he's not dead. Yeah. It's clearly them just hoping that at some point they could do a crossover. Yeah. Yeah, which I would love for them to have. Yeah, that's the other thing I was going to say. I didn't know if I could. Can, but... we, can we eventually have Ocean's 8 plus 11? And that would be like an official sequel title. That's just too complicated. You know why they picked 8 too, right? No. Because it's if you turn 8 sideways, it's boobies. <laughs> no, I'm actually serious. <laughs> Is that what you honestly thought when they picked... Ocean's 8 is the title? Yes. <laughs> what? If you turn it sideways, it's a big pair what's of the ori- What's the original Ocean's movie? Ocean's? Ocean's what? Ocean's, No. Right? You think they made Ocean's, and then they made Ocean's 2, and then Ocean's 3, and then eventually they got to part 11? When Matt Demon came in? <laughs> I don't know. Ocean's 11. We've talked about this whole movie. Ocean's 11 was the original. Okay. Then there was what? 12 and 13. That's a trilogy. Four and 14. No, they never made Ocean's 14. Oh. No. That's called the trilogy. Why did they pick eight? Because, like I said, it looks like boobies. No. No. <laughs> well, it's not a prequel. Otherwise, if it would they be made 10. It, no. <laughs> if they made a sequel or if they made a trilogy out of Ocean's 8... Logically, mathematically speaking, what are those sequels called? Oh, I get you now. Boobies. No, Jamie, do you get it? I do get it. What? It's a trilogy before the trilogy. So what are the sequels called? The prequels. No, what are the sequels? If Ocean's 8 is part 1, what is part 2 and 3? Boobies? No! <laughs> 9 and 10, Ocean's 8, Ocean's 9, Ocean's 10. The other series is Ocean's 11, 12. Clearly you didn't because you thought it was boobies or the prequels or Oceans. And then then number nine still looks like boobies because it looks just like a stick figure standing up sideways. And then you can see like the boobs from the side. Let's end this episode now, please. My head really hurts. But ten I can't explain. Maybe ten is like a woman who's flat chested with a baby. I can't can't explain it. Thank you for joining us today. Subscribe to us on iTunes. <laughs> like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Please, please don't follow me, though. <laughs> You're just going to get this 24-7. Um, my name is Colin, and... Boobies. <laughs> my name is Jamie, I have no... Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.